Welcome to Daily Drive. For Monday, August 14th, 2023, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Ford hires a former Apple executive to lead a new group. Electric truck startup Nikola announces it's halting sales. And a major steel supplier rejects a takeover offer. Then the stock soars. Plus, we'll hear from two of the people responsible for designing and engineering the new electric Cadillac Escalade IQ. When you get that assignment of reimagine the Escalade as an electric vehicle, it's really freeing because you get to challenge everything that we've done before. And I think this is the very impressive result. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford has hired a former Apple executive to lead a newly created group focused on developing its software-based services. Peter Stern, Ford's new hire, led the launch of services such as Apple TV+, Apple News+, and Apple Fitness+, during his time at Apple. His new title is President of Ford Integrated Services. He'll be in charge of building a business tied to Ford's Blue Cruise, hands-free driver assist system, and safety and security services for Ford Pro. The company announced the move today. Stern reports to Ford's CEO, Jim Farley. A fire investigation has led Nikola to recall its battery-powered electric trucks and suspended sales. The investigation found a coolant leak inside a battery pack caused recent fires. More than 200 battery-powered electric trucks are being recalled. The company said it's in the process of contacting dealers and customers. A leading supplier of steel products to the U.S. auto industry rejected a takeover offer from a rival company over the weekend. U.S. Steel refused Cleveland Cliff's $7.25 billion offer. It would have created one of the world's biggest steel makers. The company said it now plans to review options, said it received multiple proposals from other unnamed bidders. U.S. Steel stock surged today, up more than 30% as of recording time. And software company CDK Global launched a product that says it will incorporate dealership workflows, boost customer service, and eliminate the need for extra software systems. It's called CDK Dealership Experience. The company says the new platform addresses dealer complaints about extra cost and time wasted trying to create technology workarounds with existing dealership management systems. And those are today's headlines. Jamie. Another big tech name crossing over into the automotive space, Peter Stern, former Apple executive, now the president of integrated services at Ford. I assume, Jamie, we'll be seeing more of this, especially with EV adoption. I think that's a fair assumption. You know, certainly we've seen a lot of tech people come over already. You know, powertrain and the infotainment and things like that used to be really completely separate. But nowadays with automated driving or at least driver assistance systems, as well as the connected car things that make people describe cars, modern cars as iPhones on wheels. Well, maybe it's not such a big surprise that automakers want to hire folks from Apple. So you've got Ford. They just picked up, of course, they've had they have Doug Field leading their EV development and advanced technology. They hired Jennifer Waldo from Apple as an important HR executive. She goes by Chief People and Employee Experience Officer. GM picked up Mike Abbott for its technology group. And of course, Stellantis Chief Technology is Ned Couric, who came from Amazon. So we're already seeing a lot, and it's not a trend that's going to come to an end anytime soon. 
Gotcha. Coming up, Cadillac says the new Escalade IQ will set a high standard for luxury EVs. We'll hear from the two people who helped design and engineer it next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. My team and I went to each car company separately. We sat down and we said, you know, what can you do? What you cannot do? How much time you need? How much is going to cost you? And that pay off big time. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they come around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero, available wherever you get your podcasts starting September 11th. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Unlike Cadillac's first two EVs, the Lyric midsize crossover and upcoming ultra-luxury Celestic sedan, the Escalade IQ leverages a nameplate that has racked up considerable customer equity, even pop culture status, for 25 years. GM executives nodded to that history when they unveiled the Escalade IQ last week in New York, while also pointing to Cadillac's future as the automaker's leading EV brand. Cadillac aims to have an all-electric lineup by 2030, and the Escalade IQ's luxury design and advanced technologies foreshadow the brand's EV ambitions. Lindsay Van Holy covers General Motors for us at Automotive News. She spoke with two people who had leading roles in designing and engineering the new Escalade EV. In a few minutes, we'll hear her conversation with Mandy Damon, the Escalade IQ's chief engineer. But first, let's hear some of her interview with Brian Nesbitt, executive director of Global Cadillac Design. I guess just to start, you know, a, a vehicle like the IQ, talk, I guess, about, you know, how long that's been in development and kind of how the team approached it from that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty exciting day for us to, you know, reveal the Escalade IQ. It's a very exciting opportunity. There's some great DNA that the Escalade nameplate brings. But what's exciting about the IQ is we can manifest it in a way that opens so many doors relative to the electrification of the underbody, the innovation of a 55-inch pillar-to-pillar screen for the driver interface, and a silhouette that'll be so dramatic on the road. It's one of my really most exciting things about it is what we've been able to do with the dash to axle and what the team's been able to do with the fastback profile will be even more distinctive than it is today. And that's really enabled by the Ultium platform, right? You take the engine out, you've got more space to be able to play with those kinds of proportions. Correct, absolutely. And we get the flat floor all the way through, all the way through to the third row. So with that brings a large, large wheel and tire package, 24-inch wheels on 35s, which gives it a great stance. Of course, the nobility of the nose. And of course, the Celestic influence of headlamps, tail lamps, and the entire kind of lighting choreography for arrival and departure, which really makes it a great package. 
and the screen too from from Celestic. That so we've got a 55 inch and uh, it's a large large display end to end and then packaged at the end with AKG. We've got a 40 speaker AKG system and uh, creates quite a nice 360 surround sound system. And this gives us a great, great kind of command of the road driver experience with some great interaction relative to the interface. You know, talk about it's, it's a clean slate in part because you have the Altium platform. You can kind of play with that. But you also have, you know, the existing, you know, 25 year history. Of Absolutely. Escalade. How do you approach that? And is it different than maybe a vehicle like Celestic or right, Eric right. that doesn't have any history at all? Well, I've, you know, it's we built a lot of equity uh, by bringing really generation after generation of improvements and upgrades over the years with Escalade to build where, really where the nameplate exists today. And I had the privilege of overseeing the fifth generation Escalade. And uh, so I've got some equity in the entire uh, history. Um, and each time and each generation, it's what can we do next? How can we really bring something new to the market and still maintaining the presence and identity that we've established generation over generation? With this one, we were able to do a lot of things, especially as I mentioned, the gesture of the vehicle, the presence on the road, along with all the integrated innovation. And that really will differentiate it. I mean, it still feels recognizable as an Escalade. And I think that was probably important to the team. It's very, very important. And I'm glad you say that and recognize that because if people don't have that kind of instant kind of uh, showroom or even kind of car park recognition, then we haven't really built off that equity. So that's where we say, wow, that do, that is the next Escalade. And that's the reaction we're really seeking and trying to solicit. You know, talk, I guess, about how, how you kind of think about that versus like a, a vehicle like the Celestic or the Lyric, where it doesn't have any of that existing recognition. It's completely brand new and the team can kind of envision that from the ground. Right, right. Well, it all started with Celestic. And once that Celestic vision came about and the innovation in the front end identity with an all new face, integrating a new way with the vertical signature, all the really the high-tech sensor technology that has to be incorporated, that new front end identity and then helping manifest to the whole showroom. And we see that in Lyric in the front end and rear end identity. And now we see that here with the Escalade IQ. So hopefully that comes across as a very much a sibling kind of showroom identity that's very intentional. And we see this as kind of just another kind of sibling coming into that, but especially our relationship at the halo level between Celestic and Escalade IQ. And I think, you know, John Roth, who, you know, head of Global Cadillac, talked about that in his presentation today that, you know, Escalade IQ now joining the Celestic at sort of the top um, of, of the Cadillac brand on the Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you mentioned that that kind of halo. How do you envision from a design perspective how that kind of signifies the future of where Cadillac CVs are going to go? Well, I think you can see and just like we showed the photo today of the three vehicles together. And you can imagine we still have more of a portfolio coming. And so hopefully, it does, you know, it's not too much of a reach of the imagination to think, well, what would we keep going as we move forward? So, but we're really excited because we feel like we've really got something that fits that identity. People recognize it to your point that it is an Escalade. And at the same time, it captures all the integrated innovation that we see in the Celestic, but really manifesting in a full-size SUV. How long has the Escalade, I, uh, the Escalade IQ been under development? You know, how long well, has this project been in the works? It's still a long production process, right? We'd been been time, you know, sketching vehicles uh, on tablets all the way to then building all the way up to the mule. So it's still a long process. So we've been in development for a couple of years doing this. And, uh, and that's, you know, brings into it all the testing required and all the validation required. But that's why it's so exciting to be here today to see it all real. What was kind of the, the initial assignment to the design team? You know, we're, we're going to electrify the, the Escalade. <laughs> how, how do they even That's start? That's a great question. That? Now, certainly with our triple zero strategy corporately, 
and GM certainly choosing Cadillac as the tip of the spear where we'd be transitioning Cadillac first, really, before the other brands. It's always been in the sights of, okay, well, we know this will be happening, and where do we want to take this, right? And for us, again, for the designers, it was a great opportunity because a lot of it was a blank slate where we could say, here's, here's the generations of equity we've built, the identity and the DNA we've built, but now we've got an all-new platform that kind of unlocks us to do some new things, really get the gesture we want, the proportion we want, the wheel and tire package we want, and the innovation in the interior. You know, and thinking about that, you know, the, the EV strategy is sort of, you know, obviously with that transition away from internal combustion vehicles, you know, this is kind of going to be the design phase, how the EV future of Cadillac looks like. Yeah, and I think what we're most proud of is it's an Escalade first, and then it's meeting our large objectives. And so that's what we're excited about. The integration of the innovation is key to us and at Cadillac, and we've really tried to uh, articulate this in the execution of the Celestic and then each version after that through Lyric and now Escalade IQ is we hope the customer recognizes how much effort goes into integrating it in the most artful way, because that's really one of our biggest objectives. Our own Lindsey Van Hulley spoke with Cadillac's Executive Director of Design, Brian Nesbitt. Now here's a piece of her conversation with Escalade IQ Chief Engineer, Mandy Damon. So it's going to be able to do bi-directional charging. There's the ability then to power external devices. How, how, do you, how do you kind of think about those functionalities for an Escalade IQ consumer and how that's going to just be part of, of their ownership experience. Yeah, just another little like surprise and delight. You know, it's kind of, to me, like the e-trunk where often you forget that it's even there, but when you need it, it is there and you, you've got that technology available. So with our vehicle, the home opportunities, I think, you know, I've had several of these where the power goes out and you're in that moment of, you know, what do we do or in an event or whatever, the fact that you can get power from this vehicle with a couple of small steps is a, another big win. And that's going to be enabled over the year in 2025. And then I know GM said yesterday that by 2026, that capability will be in, offered in all of the in all of its EVs. Yeah, we're continuing in a lot of these newer areas, continuing to expand and just constantly improve. And so this will start with uh, the, the CCS connector. I mean, right. at some point it will move in the next few years into having that NACS capability. That's right. Yep. Still working on the details of that. It's a relatively new decision, but we're committed right now to CCS at launch. We'll figure out how to meet our customers where they are, make sure that they have a solution that works for them in the near term, and then figure out when we can make that full transition over to NACS. You know, when you think about the range as well, um, how much was, was lightweighting uh, a factor there? And then, uh, you know, kind of, is it, I guess, I guess, how do you think about lightweighting, not just on the IQ, but in EVs in general? Yeah, always top of mind. We know that's a critical part of this equation of how to get EVs right. So another thing that um, just in our, our list of many requirements that we knew we needed to achieve, what can we do on each and every part? And then, you know, culmination of that, of reducing the mass of the total vehicle. Where, did, where was Cadillac able to save weight on the IQ? Really in like every single part of just making sure that we didn't over-design and that we were giving the customers what they needed from a durability perspective, something that we can manufacture with elegance and then not overdoing it. Is there a lot of aluminum, for instance, in, in the vehicle? Is that, you know, one way you're able to achieve that? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I guess, you know, what other opportunities are there to reduce weight in the future? Not just on IQ, but as, as the EV transition happens. Is it, you know, the battery pack enclosure? Is it, you know, just other ways that, that engineers are looking at that challenge? Sure, yeah. You mentioned it with material properties and different materials that we can use all over. Battery pack is one of them. 
that's also a very integrated structure that's critical to our crash safety performance too. So looking at how do we put lighter materials where we can while still meeting all of our, our performance requirements that our customers expect. So I know that that weight, you know, for, for an EV is, is more than, than an ICE vehicle. So, it, you know, I'd imagine it's a particular challenge to try to figure out how to, you know, offer that range, but then also reduce that weight and make that possible at the same time. Yeah, and, and we found a great way to work with it too, right? Of even, even though we have this, you know, Altium platform and 24 module battery pack, um, how, what can we do to make sure that the vehicles still feel small around you as we talked about with the, the horsepower, the torque, that, you know, instant torque that you get from an electric vehicle? How do we manage it, keep our customers safe and give them a vehicle that they love to drive? Now you talked about the the torque and the horsepower, and, and I think you were citing the the velocity max. Well, that's that's new then for for the IQ. That's right. Um, yeah. Talk about what that mode is and and how that'll differ, you know, from from a normal mode for a, a for an owner out on the road. Yeah. So we have our more traditional sport, tour, tow haul, and snow ice modes. Um. So those four, and then when selected, customer can go in velocity max. That's when they really want that acceleration or Maybe they're running late um, and want to get there quicker. So it, it's a selectable option that stays with you through that drive cycle. It doesn't latch over drives, but something that you can get into and enjoy the 750 horsepower. Does it feel different than a, than a it's not a true V-series, but does it, does it feel slightly different? Does it offer some of that, that performance capability maybe that, that an ICE consumer might get with the V-series? Yeah, and I'd say the instant torque, that was something for me that made me you know an ev lifer it was the first time i got to drive an ev and realized like you can just go right you're not waiting for the transmission to shift and um yes it's it's next level you know what do you think of the the 100 mile range uh in 10 minutes from the charging perspective yeah um that's certainly going to be you know i would imagine helpful for consumers if they're out on the road yeah you know things like that how does that charging capability, I guess, just fit into that broader charging discussion, you know, the efforts that GM's working on to really uh, just create chargers that, that have that capacity to be able to charge a vehicle that quickly. Yeah, I think it's clear with the, the recent announcements is that GM is all in to figure out charging infrastructure and make sure that vehicles like this have those great options. 100 miles in 10 minutes is awesome. And I'm very proud that we're starting with a 450 number. That's a big number. That's a great starting place. You can get very far to finding the next DC fast charger. And then our 800 volt system, getting you there is a big deal. You know, for you, what are your favorite or, or the coolest engineering features on the IQ? Yeah, it's so hard to say. I think I talked a lot about driving. That's my favorite part. Like I'm I'm so into this and this reveal, like it's, it's beautiful, it's stunning, all these little details, but driving it is like none other. So it's really just the whole compilation of everything we did of not making any sacrifices. Often, when you get to design and develop a vehicle, you're restricted by different things, not in this case. So I know you're chief engineer on IQ. What else have you, are there other EVs that, that you've worked on? Yes, I actually, um, my first time working on an EV was the Bolt EV. I, and prior to that, even the Gen 2 Volt. So I got to Volt on the, work on the extended range electric vehicle, moved into the Bolt electric vehicle, Worked a lot with the cruise team on our autonomous bolt that's now um, doing ride share and accumulating a lot of miles in San Francisco and some other cities. And now this. <laughs> have you been, have you, is this your first chief engineer role on an EV or have you done others? Second. Second. What was yep. your first? On the autonomous vehicle. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I came in as a program engineering manager on the Bolt EV right around launch um, and then transitioned to the autonomous vehicle, integrated all the sensors and compute platform in that. And then, yeah, now back for my second um, chief opportunity on this. How, how does you know the engineering side on the EV differ from you know again, just from from your own you know kind of career experience you know being able to work on the EVs from that perspective? Yeah, you know it's a little bit free in some ways because we can challenge every requirement. You know, part of the benefit and sometimes the difficult part about working in an automaker with you know Cadillac 120 years of experience is setting that aside. And so working on something like when you get that assignment of reimagine the Escalade as an electric vehicle. It's really freeing because you get to challenge everything that we've done before. And I think this is the very impressive result. Mandy, thank you very much. It was great to meet you. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own Jake Neer and Alicia Anderson for their help for today's podcast. We have reporting from automotive news journalists Michael Martinez and Mark Homer. You can get the latest news on buyout offers, hiring news, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with SBD Automotive's Robert Fisher on why he says EV range anxiety might be overstated. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.